0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. This is a Business Radio special presentation of Dollars in Change. From the floor of the 7th Annual CEO Connection
1: Mid Market Convention in Philadelphia, here are your hosts, Cheryl Coleman and Sandy Hunt. Welcome to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Sandy Hunt. And I'm Cheryl Kuhlman. And we are here every Thursday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, and we are replayed throughout the week. You can download the SiriusXM app
2: and listen to our show anytime you want. (laughs) Anytime. Every time. Every moment you can listen to us.
1: Nothing is more unnerving to me than... Picking up my phone and having my own voice come out of the headphones because <laughs> I do listen to other shows on Sirius. <laughs> I don't listen to ours a lot. Uh, we have a great show in store for you today as we are broadcasting this evening show from the CEO Connections 2019 Mid-Market Convention here in Philadelphia. You can hear the sounds of the conference behind us and we'll be talking... All the buzz, people walking past. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It is fun. We'll be talking live to four leaders across the mid-market over the next hour to hear how and why social impact is a part of their everyday business. Sounds good. Always a lot of fun. So in the first half of the show, we're going to be talking to Anthony DiCandido, Partner and Financial Services Senior Analyst at RSM. Then we'll be talking to Sharon Rossi, CEO of Food Science Corp. In the second half of the show, we're going to talk to Scott Jackson, who's the CEO and President of Global Impact. And finally, to close the show, Jeffrey Kiesel, who's the CEO of Restaurant Technologies, We usually don't get to say CEO this much, but that's where we are today.
2: (laughs) And it's interesting because we really do have a wide range of of industries and businesses that they're working in. So it'll be a good sense of seeing how um, in the mid-market they're able to think about social impact and their role in going beyond making money. Yep. It's always
1: one of my favorite shows because I think this is, you know, a range of companies. We get Starbucks on our show and you can sort of, you know what they're doing around social impact. We get a lot of fun B2B companies at this at mid-market this convention, convention yeah. that we get a chance to talk to and other companies who are still designing their strategies around impact. So it's a fun time to talk to some of these mid-market companies. Yeah,
2: and the, the sense is always that they, if they're not yet doing the social impact, they're nimble enough and small enough mm-hmm. that they can mm-hmm. kind of implement quickly without having to go through all the... You know, the huge um, bureaucracies of many corporations, the large ones.
1: Yes, indeed. Well, let's jump right into it. Anthony DeCandido from RSM, welcome to Dollars and Change.
3: Glad to be here.
1: So, tell us what RSM is.
3: Sure. So, the way that our clients would describe us is the premier provider of middle market public accounting services. So, the way we design our business is across three pillar um, lines of business audit, taxation, and consulting. We have 87 offices. 11,000 employees, um, our brand promise to our clients is to deliver the power of being understood.
2: It may sound cliche,
3: but here's, here's the brilliance in it. Delivering the power of understood means that we're centered to client relationships. And we have this belief at our firm that as we dive very deep into client relationships, it empowers them to make better business decisions for their businesses. And so we want to be at the centerpiece of the business challenges that are impacting our middle market clients. It could be things like a low interest rate environment. It could be things like trade, technology, innovations, on and on and on. Um, I personally have expertise in the private equity space as a client server. And so the clients that I serve range in asset sizes of, say, $10 million of of assets under management all the way up to about $15 billion of assets under management.
2: And you count $15 billion as mid-market, or are they pushing the edge? We do,
3: and that's interesting because middle market is so loosely defined depending upon who you talk to. So if I was a commercial practitioner at the firm – I would likely describe middle market as a revenue driver. It could be $10 million of revenue all the way up to $500 million yep. of revenue. Others may say it's a bit beyond that. So it's loosely defined.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. With such a big focus on uh, being that connection to um, the client for your companies, <clears throat> what impact trends are you seeing? Is this something that uh, clients are starting to demand, be curious about? What, what does it look like from your vantage point?
3: There's this really center of importance on industry today. So the clients that we serve they want to understand the uh, foundational issues representing their industry. So when we go to market we cover things like real estate and healthcare, industrial mm-hmm. products and consumer products. And they don't want just any other audit practitioner or tax practitioner or consulting practitioner on their team. They want people that are deepest in terms of industry expertise within that industry. So I find that that's something that's really centered. We're getting a lot of interest these days on corporate social responsibility. I think what we're doing at a firm is uh, something I personally am very proud of, and there's a lot of our clients that are seeking our advisor, advisory on um, how they may organize best to drive um, social impact returns.
2: Well, that's a perfect place to pivot, right, because our, our goal at the Wharton Social Impact Initiative is to really understand how business can, you know, use business principles and practices and – and HR initiatives, et cetera, to, to really be a good corporate employer, mm. right? And a good citizen in, in the world. So what are you what are you seeing in, in social impact trends? And then we can talk about what RSM does. Sure.
3: So for starters, there's this idea in market today that it's no longer good enough just to drive financial returns. In order to be a main player in business today, particularly in the middle market, you have to simultaneously drive financial returns and do good by your environment, do good by your for social causes. So one of the things that we put out in the December month is um, an addition of our middle market business index. And in that index, we surveyed about 400 middle market business leaders, um, various questions running the gamut of different industry topics. But one thing we, we learned from our CSR studies was that nine out of 10 middle market business executives believe that CSR is a strategic imperative for their organization. And yet so few of them have actually organized in a manner to support their CSR initiative. Uh,
2: and that's really interesting, because I think that um, part of what we're seeing, it, as we actually talk to students and alumni and employers, et cetera, is that the challenge is that um, not only is there increasing requirement or expect, expectation of, you know, CSR and other kinds of social impact initiatives, they're expecting there to be a kind of uh, honesty and authenticity about it. Correct. So it, if anything sort of smells of just window dressing or greenwashing, people are are not buying it.
3: The market is not just interested any longer on what you do. They're interested on in why you do it and how you do it. So there's just this growing trend in the middle market today of stakeholders pulling back the hood of the car to understand the inner mechanics and workings of a business, you know. What do they stand for? What are their missions and values? Do they align to the stakeholders of the business, their suppliers, their customers, their employees, their management teams, their lenders? On and on and on and on and on. So I, I find that this is a trend that is going nowhere, um, nowhere nowhere fast. Meaning we, we have a it's, lot. It's here to stay. It's <laughs> here to stay, and um, it's something that we're coaching a lot of our clients on today.
1: Oh, interesting. So do you have have your consulting services expanded to include? some of the CSR uh, priority for these companies?
3: Correct. So within our firm today, we have something that we refer to as Vision 2022. And it stands for the year 2022. But the concept of it is that as we evolve organization, we're going to move away from traditional compliance type services, Mm -hmm. which are becoming commoditized in the market, to create a higher value creation type advisory services. And one of those things is CSR. So groups are looking at us today for things like sustainability reports. So where do mm-hmm. I start? How do I showcase to my stakeholders that we're doing good by all these things we're saying we're doing good by? It's things like providing benchmarking mm. and helping them uh, develop policies and procedures to organize their businesses.
1: Great. Excellent. Well, and I think, you know, it, for being a, a semi-emergent space, it is sort of a, there's a world of, of uh, information out there. If a, if a CEO was to Google Google, CSR, best practices, information, it's very hard to sort through the volume of info. So I'm sure it's very helpful to have an advisory service that can say, you know, here's what to really look for. Now, you guys in sort of a meta sense then are seeing how all these companies are approaching impact, but also you're making an impact yourself and trying to decide what the corporate social responsibility and uh, philanthropic objectives of RSM are. So tell us what those look like.
3: Yeah, so, you know, as a firm, if you were to join today, everyone has onboarding training on our firm values, which Mm -hmm. are respect, integrity, teamwork, excellence, and stewardship. The one in particular that I have the most level of passion for is stewardship. And the way we've organized around stewardship um, was one of the outputs is something that we call the RSM U.S. Foundation. And that foundation last year raised $9 million worth of funds to donate to educational From whom?
2: From employees?
3: From employees, correct. Um, The centerpiece program that we offer is something called Birdies for Love. It's centered around our premier client event that we host. It's a golf event in Sea Island, Georgia, called the RSM Classic. It's coming up in a few weeks now. Um, It's a really, really neat way to engage all of our own stakeholders, our own team members, our own clients, our own communities. So, for example, in my local office in Stanford, Connecticut, um, in the past week we've organized poker tournaments People are baking items for, for resale. We are, you know, raising money by a various various other ways. And what happens is there's this gamification that occurs. So if you're in a different office, you're competing against me, and whoever evolves as the winner, there's a firm match that's, that's provided. And it's, so there's all these different ways that the firm is raising money for these good causes for, you know, learning and education.
1: And it's a huge amount of money. What do you do with it? How do you decide what organizations or causes get a piece of that $9 million
3: pie? Good question. So the other reason we view this as very grassroots is because all of the local offices are able to select their charity of choice. So understand that our office sizes can range from as small as, say, 30 people to as large as 850 people. Oh, okay. So there's different causes that are aligned to the missions and values mm-hmm. of the local office, sure. but they have to follow um, some of the policies and procedures our own organization.
2: And the other th- you know, thing that we're seeing from a lot of um, studies on social impact and corporate behavior is uh, a demand of treating your employees well, right? Because it's sort of, it's good to do the kind of external thing, but your main job is really to be a good employer to make it a good place. So do you have initiatives around that?
3: Yeah, I mean, people are most important asset, right? I mean, you hear that often, but it's really right. true. We're professional service organizations. So that's it. From, your from, people
1: are your business. We yeah, are that's selling
3: it. people, and yep. client service is... Um, a very, very difficult part because we're competing against other organizations that provide the same darn service, Mm -hmm. right? So the differentiation is the way we show up. It's who we are. It's the type of training that we offer people. Um, It's the versatility of that skill set. It's no longer good enough to show up as an audit professional, just learning generally accepted accounting Mm -hmm. principles or a tax person showing up, you know, knowing the IRS code, right? So we're trying to train people with this versatility create best athletes within our organization. So one of the things we've done over the last four years, which we're really proud of, is we designed our own CDI program, Culture, Diversity, and Inclusion. Mm-hmm. And the idea there is that there's all these many personalities within our organization. Um, they're all very different. And so uh, with that comes the fact that our clients all have different personalities. So how we show up to serve them best is relevant in that way. So we've designed 11 employee network groups things like you know, African-Americans, Asians, PRIDE, which stands for, um, covers LGBT class, LGBTQ community class, things like Women's Initiative, Generations for our younger professionals. And what's neat about it is that it creates opportunities for these individuals to learn and develop skills sooner in their career than they otherwise would have. So one of the things we're very supportive of is the, the many diverse professional organizations. So you could be a newcomer associate on the job, and you are nominated to participate in the program, and we send you away to this external event, mm-hmm. and you could be mixing and rubbing shoulders with the chairman of the board or mm-hmm. our CEO. And so you find these individuals they come back to your local market. They're so invigorated. They're so um, excited about what their role is within the organization, and it shows up in the way we serve clients.
2: Yeah. Well, then we had a professor who sort of did a study of the role of purpose, and uh, there's a great correlation between... Financial success and having everybody in your organization understanding what your organization is about and feeling that they contribute to that whole.
3: Correct. And and we said this earlier on, right? All these initiatives, CSR-related, drive financial returns and do right. So all of these things we have deep discussions also on what's the ROI, right? Because mm-hmm. the firm doesn't loosely spend money on these types of initiatives without expecting something in return. We're good people, believe me, but we also expect something in return. And this shows up in, in our own financial success. We see a higher level of employee engagement. We see uh, better client service marks on and on and on and mm-hmm. on. And we do the surveying regularly.
1: Yeah. And those are the win-win-wins we like to see because that ensures the impact is going to persist. It's not a... You know, when business is good, we're cutting a check to a nonprofit. It's saying if we're baking this into our business as we grow, this grows. So Anthony decandido from RSM, thank you so much for joining us on Dollars and Change. Thank it was you for a having you. Enjoy the rest of the conference.
3: You too. Take care.
1: We're going to shift to our next guest here, Sharon Rossi, who's the CEO of Food Science Corporation. Sharon, welcome to Dollars and Change. Thank you. Welcome. How's the conference
0: going? The conference is fantastic. Excellent. Tell us about Food Science Corporation. <laughs> Certainly. Thank you. So Food Science Corporation, is our purpose is to help people and pets live healthier lives every day. And so social impact is at the core of what we do. And our mission is to advance proactive, holistic well-being by bringing together science and nature in unique and efficacious and convenient formulas.
1: Excellent. And so this is a, a lot of supplements,
0: vitamins, products like this? Yes, absolutely. Nutritional supplements for both people and pets. Mm.
2: We have pets and people.
1: We am a <laughs> big fan of keeping both healthy. So, um, you know, sometimes I think it's a very interesting challenge to talk to companies that have impact inherent in their product, right? A, a healthcare company, a school, um, a company like yours where your primary goal is delivering a product. Um, is that the only way you think about impact? Or are you thinking about impact throughout your company? Oftentimes it's easy to throw all the passion behind that sort of core business unit. But how else are you thinking about impact? We've seen things about being family owned, operating in yeah. I believe it's Maine, Vermont. Vermont. Vermont, Vermont. The, yep. the home yes. state. So um, tell us more about how impact is really woven throughout food science. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. So as I mentioned, we live social impact at the core of our mission, and that is what we do. And at Food Science, we really think about social impact in four ways. We think about it in terms of our marketing. We think about it in terms of our innovation pipeline. We think about it in terms of community, as well as we think about it in terms of our employee programs. Any one of those in particular you'd like me to talk about? I'd like to hear employee programs. Sure, absolutely. So our employee programs are programs that help the existing employees, but also we have a unique way that we've partnered with an agency in the community to onboard and hire new employees. So we work with a company called Working Fields, and what they do is they provide temp-to-perm employment for those in the community that are in recovery from substance abuse. Mm-hmm. And so one of the important parts about substance abuse recovery is finding the stable employment. Right. So when they're in a stable point of, of their recovery, we offer them the temp-to-perm employment employment opportunities so that we can see is there a fit for them is there a fit for us and really it's a one of the many ways that we give back to the community to support the community in this important op- uh, opportunity.
2: Yeah and I think you're right the point about you know recovery from any sort of challenge you do have to have the sense of stability and normalcy and and pattern in your life so that Absolutely. you're able to latch on to that. Absolutely.
1: And how's um, that impacted your workforce what you know
0: what have you learned from it seen from it? Yes so we've learned that people deserve a second chance. Yep. And so we're delighted to find some terrific employees that really are just looking for that second chance and to have the opportunity for to work for a great mission-driven company where they can feel like they're doing something that's meaningful every day and it's so related to our one of our employee programs you asked also about other employee programs that one is for talent acquisition to help our employees and we all have things going on every day beyond what's going on in the workforce and so we team up with the united way and their working bridges program and so we will bring united way working bridges on site once a week and we partner with them to help employees with all the many issues that sometimes can get in the way
1: what is united way Working Bridges. I actually don't
0: know. So United Way Working Bridges is a program that is sponsored by employers such as Food Science Corporation. And they have on-site staff come in and help employees. So maybe they're they're having trouble finding a place to live, and their lease is up, and the rent went up. Where can they live? Maybe their car broke down. Maybe they need a new doctor. Maybe their child care situation has changed, and they need new child care. So really, it looks at the whole person wow. and helps. It's like a concierge help. Yeah, with absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Absolutely. And, it, and actually, a confidential way to help employees with whatever they're struggling with. Oh, that's a great idea.
1: Now, does Food Science Corp. or our United Way support and funding for those activities? Wow.
0: So, so food science funds having United Way on site okay. once a week to provide the service to our employees.
1: Excellent. And I, you know, I have to imagine the huge benefit of just saying this is an hour dedicated, or however long it is, to your problem solving.
2: Yeah. Or, yes. We
1: just had a conversation the other day with the head of a major bank who was saying, I'm worried about um, elder care. You know, the, the distraction it is to exactly. employees to have to be, exactly not have to be, but you know, to be balancing going to appointments and just the psychological stress yes. of having this on your mind and the unknown. So, I, you know, I can't imagine what that would do for a workforce. What have you seen so, in terms of morale, consistency, retention? Uh, retention?
0: Yeah. Yes, we've seen our retention, thankfully, is in the high nineties. Wow. wow! So, I'm very delighted with that, and we have a great workforce that we want to retain and we want to keep developing them. And we've certainly seen terrific uh, applause for United Way and the people they put on site for us, as well as the people. That how they help our employees. So it's a confidential service. It's they bring the issues they have, and you know there's there's limits to what an internal HR organization, especially in a, a smaller mid-market company, can do. And so this really supplements what the HR organization is doing. Yeah.
1: It. Well, and you you know HR is a function of the company, okay. right? Right. So when it comes to confidentiality, it's an open question. Whereas right. this really sounds like it's set up to be an employee could be vulnerable and could you know sort of share well, challenges. I, and
2: I love how it recognizes the whole person and the complexity of life. You know, because I think it you know. Work is work is part of our lives, but it blends into other things, and we just have to figure out how to manage living and working at the same time. Yes, it's very unrealistic to expect people to check. Oh yeah,
1: huge parts of their identity from nine to five.
0: <laughs> going to, you know. We don't want them to do that. Yes, right? well, and I think that all that's all about well being and bringing the whole person to work.
1: Yeah, you mentioned marketing as one of those pillars or angles. Um, tell us a little bit about that, because often I think we see marketing more as a vehicle for communicating impact, but it sounds like you're trying to make an impact through your marketing.
0: We are, absolutely. And given that so many of our products and what our products are intended to do is to help people and pets live healthier lives every day, the marketing component of it as education is really important in terms of social impact. So take, for example, one of our products, which is Vetra Science Composure. So... Dogs and cats have a lot of different challenges depending on maybe the dog or cat was owned by the new pet parent and rescued. Mm -hmm. And so with that comes certain anxieties and behavior issues. Or maybe they're afraid of thunderstorms or the snowplow, fireworks, Mm -hmm. all those sorts of things. So with our VetraScience Composure product, we know it's clinically proven to work within 20 to 30 minutes. And so it helps the the dog or the cat to... um, Really feel relaxed. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Yeah. It, so we have a, a proprietary complex. It's all natural ingredients mm. combined with scientific ingredients. A proprietary formula that combines v, B vitamins, as well as our C3 complex, and it helps the pet to relax. Wow. Mm. Yes. So they're not they're not sleepy. They can still play. You can still have those fun moments. But whatever it is that they're struggling through, that's causing the behavior issue. Vetra Composure can help.
1: Oh, nice. Excellent. Nice. How about so? You guys are still in the U.S. You do you produce the, the product in the U.S. As yes, well? we do. Okay, so in Vermont, or yes, mm-hmm. yes. So when it comes to the cost of some of these social impact decisions, so you're, you're making, you're choosing to be in the U.S. You're choosing to employ um, a, a workforce that's potentially re-entering the workforce. You're choosing to spend marketing dollars on education. These things cost money. Um, how you know what does it look like as a decision maker around those trade offs um, you know do you have those tough conversations or has your have your company values made those decisions easy
0: both, yes. <laughs> <So our laughs> I think that's company, the honest answer. Our company values do guide us, as does our mission, in terms of what we want to do. And um, for some of our programs, we have, for example, we've just started two years ago the Good Neighbor Program. And the Good Neighbor Program has both a philanthropic component as well as a service component. Mm-hmm. And so the Good Neighbor Philanthropic Program, the way we make choices is through an employee committee. And funds are donated to different local causes nonprofits in the area to help them with their mission so there's that philanthropic component and then we have a service day so once a year we take all of our employees off we close down the company and we go off for a day of service and so last year for example aligned with our mission we took everyone to camp Hoshalega, which is a ymca camp ywca camp and their focus is on helping and developing women leaders of the future And so it's a camp that they were upcoming for their 100th anniversary, which was this past summer. And so we took our nearly 200 employees to help them for a day of service there. And by us donating all those hours, they were able to spend their dollars toward mission-driven activities as opposed to some of the maintenance activities that we did. So we brought in their tents and their boats for the winter. We painted all their buildings, all sorts of things we did, cleaned up the gardens. And I like that I
1: like the framing of... You know, it allowed them to reallocate their dollars because sometimes those are the type of CSR activities that seem one-off or bolted right. on. But what you did was layered that on top of yes. very impactful activities on a consistent right. basis, and that provided, right. I'm sure, some great team building time and, and you know, yep. impact so. in another way. But it is not the <laughs> it's not the first or only way these these employees are seeing impact.
2: So a lot of uh, you know, some of our listeners are either entrepreneurs or small business owners or you know, mid-market owners as well. What kind of of advice would you give them around thinking how they should think about social Because I think some have, like your company, and others are just like tiptoeing into the area, thinking that, yeah, maybe this is something I need to think about, but I don't know how.
0: Mm. So I think I would have them start with their their mission and what they have heart for and what's genuine and what's authentic to them, and how do they express that in a way that fits with who they are and what they're trying to be and who they want to serve and where is their heart for service. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And talk to us a little bit about your your journey. I know that it's a family-owned company. Is it your family? No, it is no. not. Okay. How did they select you? Because it sounds like you're putting a lot of value, understandably, and with great effect on, you know, making sure those values are authentic, that they're, um, you know, what you believe in. So what was that process like of joining this team and how thorough and thoughtful were they in, in trying to match a leader with those values to lead their company?
0: Yes. So the... Um the selection process was focused on is there an alignment, alignment with the values, is there alignment with the leadership philosophy around servant leadership, is there an alignment around whether we can take the company to do good in the world, and um, how we progress and how we really grow and scale what Food Science Corporation is going to do in the world to help people and pets live healthier lives every day, and how we can grow... The beautiful brands, including Davinci, which is a human supplement brand, as well as the VetraScience brand, which is the hum- the supplement brand for pets. And is, veterinarians
2: is Davinci a calming supplement? Davinci is
0: a line of supplements. Ah, gotcha. That has many many different products in its lineup. And we make that available through healthcare pra- practitioners. Oh, okay. Prescription?
1: No. Oh. No, okay. Supplements are not.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. Yes.
1: Excellent. Well, Sharon Rossi, CEO of Food Science, thank you so much for joining us on Dollars and Change. Thank you very much for inviting me. We appreciate your time. Had a great conversation. Certainly a, um, a great example of many of the ways that a company can be thinking about impact through their marketing, right. through their employment practices, their products. You don't often get so many of those dimensions hit,
2: so we tip our hats to you. Well, then I do much. want to commend for the employee focus mm-hmm. because, I mean, there's a lot of evidence that that really is very important. We agree. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is Dollars
1: and Change live on the floor from the CEO Connections 2019 Mid-Market Convention here in Philadelphia. We hope you're enjoying the show so far, and we invite you to come back and join us after the break in just a moment.
0: For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.